Alrighty, what's happening, my How to Buy a Homies? This is David Sedoni, and this is an interview with a guy who's so young, I truly was embarrassed to ask him how old he was. And he called me to do this interview from his new $200,000 house, the house that he now owns. Now, a year ago, Randy, who you're all going to meet, he had no job, and he also paid cash for everything that he bought, so he had no credit, zero credit score. So he got a job and then he called his bank and said, hey, I got a job. Can I get a small loan on a truck? They said, yes. Then he called them back and he asked for a loan on a $60,000 house. His bank said no. Then he decided to go online and talk to Zillow to see if they would lend him money for a house. They said no. Then he heard about my podcast on another podcast. He reached out to me and now he closed on a $200,000 house eight months later. There's nothing else to say. You guys just hear this story. Let's talk to Randy. Hey gang, how to buy homies? It's me. It's uh, January and I just got a phone call from some dude sitting in his basement because he's in his house. And he's excited to be in his basement. I don't know if that means he's a weirdo, but I'm excited for him. It's because upstairs he's remodeling his whole new house. Randy, how are you, buddy? Good. Good. How are you? Fantastic. So tell everyone out there, when did you close on the house? It was not quite a month ago and getting situated now. (laughs) Got everything set up in the basement. Nice. uh, Going at the upstairs pretty good. So give everyone your story. We don't have to tell everyone your, your home address. That would be creepy. Just uh, <laughs> to, what area of the country are you in? Uh, Northern Michigan. And when did you first start thinking about buying a home? So last summer, last spring kind of area, mostly in the summer because I, I had no credit in the spring. I'd never had a loan, nothing, no credit. Wow. So what did you do to rectify that? Where did you start researching to figure out what you could do for that? Uh, well, I didn't really. I just one day, I don't know, I I work on whims. So I just okay. called the bank that I work with right now and was like, I want to buy a car. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and they're like, okay, let's get you pre-approved. And I got pre-approved for like three grand and ended up calling and finding the truck actually the truck of my dreams and was like, how does uh, a 13,000 sound? (laughs) They're like, okay. Yeah. And so got this awesome truck and uh, paid on that. Then I was like, my credit's going up. This is awesome. Okay. So then that could be a hint that some of our users some of our listeners can use. If you don't have any credit, you can possibly call your local bank. And, you know, they'll do car loans for you, but they'll also do personal loans. And that can yeah. be something that you can start getting credit going with. Yeah. And to be honest, my uh, truck loan, the APR is terrible, but yep. it was just to get my foot in the door. I'm still paying 13% actually. Just wait in 30 to 60 days, the credit bureaus are going to find out that you have a mortgage and you're going to be flooded with people asking you to refinance your car loan. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was waiting for. I got a Home Depot card too really fast before the mortgage thing hit my credit. 
because your credit does dip when you get the mortgage. Yeah. For me, it was like opened a new loan down 50 points. Yep. But then you pay, so, you pay it off for a couple months and it flies back up. Right back up, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's yeah, awesome. It's, so it took me almost six months to get from no credit to 710. And that's when I got approved for this mortgage. That's awesome. Okay. So then remind me, when did you reach out to me, to us? When did we start chatting? Was it at the beginning? Did you start talking to a lender that was helping you with the credit? No. So I had called my local bank, actually same people and asked them, it was still summertime, August. I'd asked them, you know what I mean? What do I do? And they're like, wait a year is pretty much what I got from them. And I was like, what do you mean? Wait a year? Like, why can't I talk about this now? And then I'd talk to, I'd even gone on Zillow and, uh, it's like you click there and that sends you to a realtor Yep. and they sent me to their lender and their lenders like, yeah, no, just didn't really give me a good reason on why. So the Zillow lender straight up said, no, you can't buy a house. Talk to you later. Yeah. yeah and it was only for a $60,000 house. Jeez. Moving ready. $60,000 too. It was just a little house. All right. So. Your bank tells you no. Zillow tells you no. So then what happened? You just get crazy and Google and find me? No, it's crazy. I listen to podcasts all the time and I'd heard the Honeydew podcast. Oh, yeah. Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. He had said how to buy a home. And the first time I looked it up, I didn't even find you, actually. Yeah. I was finding these bigger pockets guys. Yep. Had a lot to say. They're good guys. They just cover everything. And they're more for investing. Yeah. And investing and uh, which isn't bad. That's it's a, it's a great thing. And I recommend them to people all the time, but I tell people, get your own house first, yeah. you know, and then figure that out, bro. And then you can go and, you know, rule the world. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, why am I listening to this? This is a little too <laughs> far into it. for me." <laughs> then I did finally find you. And I was like, I mean, you say it all the time. You can do this. I'm like, I think I can. I don't think this is too outlandish. That's awesome. Okay. So then walk us through it for those, because, you know, you and I went through this, but then you reached out and then next steps were we set you up with somebody, right? Yeah. You hooked me up with Eric. Mm -hmm. Good guy. He's a good guy. Yep. It just seemed a little pushy. That's the only thing that I wasn't sure about, but it's probably the market too. I've thought about all of it. I don't know if it just was pushy or not, or the market. The hard part is right now what we're trying to do as realtors. And that's why, I mean, I just recorded some new podcasts that just dropped that people are going to hear is once there's a trust level established, you know, we right now I'm telling anybody who's calling me it's early 2022 when we're recording this, like prices are going up this year. So mm-hmm. go like your house is going to be worth probably 5% more. Here we are. You're closing around the end of the year or, or you're closing around December-ish of 2021, mm-hmm. by July, your house will be worth 5% more minimum. And so that's why, you know, you get the idea that someone's saying, Hey, you're here, you can do this, do it. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it is pretty freaking scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> after, like, especially sitting at the closing table, just signing your life away like that. Like, yep. It's pretty nuts. And then, then you're like, 
all right, I open like this is an amazing investment, but also like there's going to be some issues at one point. <laughs> yep. It's a lovely can of worms, as we like to say. So how do you think, you know, is there anything out there for the people who are are thinking about buying a home? Was there anything that you ran into you that you thought, oh, my God, I had no idea this was part of buying a house or any surprises or, you know, did the podcast help you so there weren't so many surprises? What are the things you could tell people? So I think me getting a hold of you really helped me out because of the lender. Like, and yeah. finding a mortgage broker is really key to the whole thing. Now, the realtor, I didn't think mattered as much as the mortgage broker. That's just what I thought. Like, yep. I felt like I could have went with pretty much any more or any realtor and they, they would have done the same thing. But the mortgage broker was the guy that was like, I got you this much. And then even when like uh, it came down to negotiating and so like the house was 199 and then I wanted them to bring more to closing. So they were like, all right, we'll bring five grand to closing, but raise the house value or raise the sale price up to 204. Yep. Uh, sounds good to me. You know, that's fine, but I also have to get a hold of my lender and <laughs> Yeah, He's like, oh, yeah, of course, definitely. Well, it is an interesting thing because depending on the market, you know, and where you are, sometimes people are in a situation where the realtor is going to be walking them through stuff for six months or eight months. But in this scenario, when the market's running away from you, your best bet is, okay, find a realtor. Now, realtor, get me to a money guy. And then you and the money guy work as fast as you can, because seriously, the clock was ticking for you, you know? Yeah. And then when you found the place and it worked out, you and the money guy run everything. And then the realtor is just kind of the traffic cop finishing the deal for you. So yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, I think a lot of times people out there who are listening, you know, were there any specific things from the podcast that got you going Any any specific topics? Were you just like listening to random stuff as you went through? Or is there anything that you think, hey, if you're new to the podcast, make sure you listen to the stuff about this because that really cleared it up for me. I say, ask, ask your parents for money. <laughs> that one, <laughs> See, now you hesitated, but that's my favorite thing. That's going to be my Thanksgiving <laughs> episode every year. Ask your parents for money. So my mom actually told me about my college fund um, okay. <laughs> that uh, when I went to buy my truck, She's yeah. like, you know, you can use this money. And I was like, I'm not going to use it right now. I'll need it in the future is what I was thinking. And I didn't even like think too much about it. And then I was like, oh, hey, mom, what about that money? So that really helped out. I would have been scraping by. <laughs> yeah, but I probably would have been able to do it. But it's like right now I tore up all the carpet up there. I'm going to put wood floors in. It's like. I think one of the things that people don't realize is that whether it's for college or whether it's, uh, you know, building an inheritance is that a lot of times, you know, you have family that have some money that is set aside for you. And, you know, I've mentioned it in the Dave Ramsey episode I did a little bit ago, but there's a generational gap that's happening. And I think the easier that we can explain to parents like, dude, renting makes no sense right now because it's way more than it was back in your day. And if you're planning to help me someday, let's figure out how to do it now. So 
Okay. So the closing table for you was a stressful experience. So when did you finally like ease into it and go, Oh my God, I live in a house. Like, have you sat in the middle of the living room and looked around and go, dude, I own this place. Oh yeah. That's happened. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. The closing table wasn't too stressful. It was just like a lot. And like, the lady just explaining everything to me. She had it like down to a fine tooth comb. She knew yep. every little part. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It's, it's like a surgeon talking before surgery. who's done it a hundred times. And they're like, okay, then we're going to remove this. And we're going to move this over there. You're like, wait a minute, dude, you're cutting me open. You know, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. hand you a stack of papers an inch thick. And then they smile and say, when you sign this, what that means is you're going to be owing us everything for the next 30 years. Please sign. Yeah, well, and then there's a printout of like every payment you make every month, how it does like yeah. what to everything. I'm like, this is all printed out right here for the next 30 years. Yeah, 30 like, year yeah. amortization to show you the principal and interest. And, you know, because they didn't used to do that. It's kind of like the credit cards. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a credit card right now and you look at it, it's going to tell you if you only pay the minimum, how many years it takes you to pay it off. The government made people do that. And wow. then they came along and there are regulations with the loan people now that they're like, you got to tell them if they only pay their monthly payment and they pay 30 years because people don't realize your $200,000 house over 30 years. If you just make your regular payments, it's 300, $350,000, you know? Yeah. It's okay. You know it. 324. <laughs> okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. So it's now, either 324 or 322. But yeah. Yeah. But that's where I'm okay with like Dave Ramsey going. If you want to pay off an extra payment a month or try to pay it off in 15 years, sure. If you're going to stay there forever, Do that it. could make sense, you know? So the options are out there. Okay. So I interrupted you there. So when was the moment when you finally? After the closing table, when all the stress of everything, when was the first time you remember like, wow, I'm settled? After I returned the U-Haul. <laughs> I, I think me and my girlfriend cooked dinner here that night because we set up our bed down here right after the U-Haul was yep. out of here and cooked dinner. So that was we're like, this is it. Yeah. Oh, see, that's where I wish guys I could have put this on YouTube because you guys should have seen the smile. We're zooming right now, but he just <laughs> smiled so big. So, well, that's really exciting. And I think probably what everyone out there needs to understand is it's January of 2022. Randy had zero credit, you know, at the beginning of the summer last year, figured out his credit by talking to his local bank, then talked to me, got in touch with a realtor. That got him in touch with a lender because for Randy, the biggest thing was money, figuring out all this money stuff. And then that lender, because they cared about the buyer, the dude had zero credit. And six months later, he owns a $200,000 house. Live in the dream, baby. Live in the dream. now. And a $15,000 truck. (laughs) And a $15,000 truck. Oh, my God. That's insane incredible and you're not stressing out you told me you just paid your first month's rent and it's not even due for 11 days yeah so financially you're feeling comfortable yeah yeah one of the questions i think your survey asked was like how much would you feel comfortable paying yes i was like 1500 would be fine and then my rent or my rent my mortgage, mortgage. is uh 11.45 okay there are two things there that 
that stuck out to me. Number one, understanding that the interest rates are so low right now that even someone without any credit, just because you took the time to be curious and the podcast didn't make you curious, you were curious on your own. And then you just happen to be listening to a comedy podcast that told you to listen to me. So, (laughs) but you had the right gene already. You were curious. And then the other thing is that you said the word rent instead of mortgage. And what's awesome is in about six months, you're never going to say that word again. (laughs) (laughs) You'll always be talking about paying your mortgage and never rent. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us from the basement and good luck with the rest of your renovations. And we appreciate you having here and thanks for inspiring all the people out there. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks, man. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's me again, David Sedoni, and uh, you're the how to buy a homie. And I don't know if you're anything like me, you're smiling from ear to ear or you're super pissed off going, why didn't I do that? Well, good. You're here. But I'm smiling from ear to ear, you know, mostly because when Randy was talking about his first payment on his new home, uh, he still called it rent. (laughs) Not anymore, my homie. Never again. But truly, I am giddy like a kid at Disneyland because Randy was he was told no multiple times from different people. And then he found a way. There is one big moral from this story. Randy had zero credit uh, and no job a year ago. Then he got a job, bought a truck, called a bank for the loan. They told him, call us in a year. Boy, that's the reason I started this podcast. The banks and the realtors and people out there saying, you want to do what? really call me in a year okay that's cool what the hell do i do for the next year no plan no roadmap nothing given so then he said okay you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go to that big fancy website that's helping so many people sure it's helping people who know what the hell they're doing yeah he called zillow and when randy was describing it to me he he couldn't even figure out how to say what they said because he realized they didn't say anything they just told him duh no Then he found the podcast, reached out to me, got a unicorn team that hooked up his finances. And now he called me from a three bedroom home on a half acre with a two car garage and a basement that's so dope that he can live in it. No problem. Plenty of room. And it's a nice basement because he can live in it, not freeze his face off because it's cold in Michigan right now. But he's living there while he remodels the home upstairs because he's a handy dude. So his bank and Zillow didn't want to help him until Randy did all the work and figured everything out on his own. No guidance. Just go for it, dude. They're not going to walk someone through how to get approved on a loan when it's only, and I say that understanding that $60,000 is a lot of money. But when it comes to the big banking world, a $60,000 loan, that's nothing to them because they only make a fraction of a fraction of a fraction off that. That's not enough money for them. They didn't take the time to do the work with him, to help him get all his ducks in a row and to help him see if this was even possible. Sure, maybe not today, but maybe down the line. But they didn't even want to do that because in the long run, the return on the investment wasn't enough for them. And trust me, the unicorns that did help him do this, they didn't get rich helping him do this. I mean, you know, I've got the math on this. So think about it this way for his realtor to make $100,000 a year pre-tax. Now, after taxes, that means he's taking home, you know, $75,000 a year, a nice, good upper middle class income. He'd have to work with 25 Randys in one year. Now, 25 clients in a year doesn't sound like a lot, but the average realtor sells three to four homes a year. And if you're selling, you know, like I said, 
25 homes a year, that's what you got to do at that price point to be hitting that 100K spot. And meaning that in order to work with 25 people, you're working with each of them from three to five months with 25 different people all year long. And each and every single one of them, you're preparing them, educating them, getting to work with a unicorn mortgage pro. And then you've got to help each and every one of them find the neighborhood, set up all the appointments to see the homes. And then you got to take them out and show the homes, talk to them about the homes and figure out which one maybe you want to put an offer in. Then you got to put the offer on. Then you got to negotiate the deal. Then you got to do all the inspections and then you got to work the deal with major deadlines. 25 times a year, you've got people in 30 year contracts that have major multiple different extreme timelines that if you miss those, it's hundreds, thousands of dollars lost for people. And then you've got to negotiate the repairs and the closing and close the deal all while explaining every step of this for 25 different people all year long, each of them taking three to five months to get that done. So that's why the banks were like, "Uh uh-uh. And it's even worse. That's just the realtor for the lender. You've got to do that for a hundred people to make $25,000 a year after taxes. That's why the bank said, nope, call me in a year. That's why Zillow was speechless and finally muttered, uh, no. But there are realtors and lenders that see you as more than a number. I guarantee you, like I said, Randy's unicorn bubble team didn't get rich off him. But, you know, I also know they never did the math. They never thought about it. So you're looking for the folks with the integrity the ethics, and the understanding that if they help you, you'll tell other people and their businesses will eventually grow. So don't listen to your bank. You don't have to do this on your own and come back in a year after you figured it out. Don't listen to the online turnstile real estate businesses that whip customers in and out, only putting priority on the people who are going to close in 30 or 60 days. Don't wonder if you will ever be able to buy a home. And when you ask someone you care They're going to help you figure out when you can buy your first home and then show you how. So as I tell you, every episode, you want a plan, you want information, you want a roadmap. Well, there's 70 episodes you can start with. If you can deal with all the dad jokes, you're going to enjoy some truth bombs and knowledge drops. Then when you're feeling good about it, please take some time to review the podcast so others will find it and hear that this story is out there and the things that sound so impossible that they sound made up, but they're not. And nobody screwed anybody to make this dream happen. Just working the good old-fashioned way with real care and integrity for the every person. Just trying to live the American dream. Or Canadian. Love you too. Oh, Canada. So do me a favor. It would really help me out a lot. Review the podcast. Spread the word. Share it from your phone right now. Text it to a friend. And if you have a question for me, it's davidsedoni.com or howtobuyahome.com or DM me on the Insta at davidsedoni.com. And if you haven't listened to episode 53, or even if you have, it's a great chance to go back and revisit it. That's with my girl, Madison, her interview. You want some more positive energy some with a real life example, with real life things that one buyer did to buy a house? Not just a bunch of rules and guidelines and fancy real estate hypotheticals that someone says, I sold 100 houses in my career and now I do this podcast and don't sell houses anymore. But let me tell you how it used to be. Let me tell you the rules that actually, no, I don't want to hear rules. I want to hear how you do this right now. How did somebody do this? Randy told you. Madison tells you. And I said this about Madison's interview. That's episode number 53. 
And I'm going to say this about Randy's interview right now. Your story is next, but it doesn't start until you start it. I'm glad that you're listening. I really am. Education is important. It takes away the fear, but continual passive listening gets zero results. And right now it's the beginning of 2022 and the market is running away from you. So asking a pro for help and getting the right guidance gets you off the bench and into the game. I know that you've never played this game before, but hey, Ted Lasso never coached soccer before and he rules because he leans on his bubble of knowledgeable pros that he's surrounded with that aren't in it for the quick fix. They're there to build the team. And that unicorn bubble, that group of people, they're out there. But if you don't ask, you're never going to find them. So start now. Because guess what, gang? You can do this.